Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey is always top shelf. Whether you got your start as a dynasty veteran, a Millbury survivor, or you were born into the Church of Trots, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, here are your eclectic hosts, Sean Cuthbert and Christian Arnold. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Friday, February 5th, 2021. Coming at you live from the Hockey Night New York studios on Long Island. Another big show coming up for you tonight. Uh, a little bit of a layoff here for the Islanders, but we still got plenty to talk about. Molly Walker from New York Post will be joining us. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is this clown right here, Christian Arnold. <laughs> Christian! How are you? Well, I'm doing great now that you turned our microphones on, so we're off to a <laughs> banging start. Yes, we are. It's always fun here. Always fun here at Hockey Night New York. So, folks, before we get started, I want to remind you all that we are sponsored by Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington, please head on over for great food, great people, great service. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com. And also, we are sponsored by Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company providing phone services for businesses across the country. If you are tired of dealing with long hold times and the impersonal service of companies like Spectrum, Optimum, and Verizon, give Thai Technology a call at 516-856-7800 for three free months of service. So, Christian, the Islanders went undefeated this week. <laughs> well, yes, by, <laughs> by default, I guess you could say. They were also winless. Thanks yeah. to some depends on how you want to spin that, right? Uh, thanks to some COVID protocol issues that had to do a little bit with the Buffalo Sabers, a little bit with the New Jersey Devils, but it afforded the Islanders to get some practice time in, maybe at a much needed time, given the fact that they went on that five game road trip and came up empty, aside from those two little points they got in Philadelphia. So let's get into it. What do you say, CA? Well, certainly the Islanders. I think are benefiting from a situation that really I think was mishandled by the National Hockey League when you look at what what happened over the course of the the last week or so. It starts last weekend while the Islanders were battling Philadelphia, battling the Flyers in Philadelphia. It started in Buffalo with the Devils, the New Jersey Devils and the Buffalo Sabres playing a pair of games when the Devils apparently had players that started to um, I guess needed to be moved away and, and go under protocol or whatnot, and it turned into an all all out breakout uh, outbreak on the New Jersey Devil yeah. roster. Or at least I, what I should say is there's a number of players that have tested positive. There's an even larger number of players that are on the COVID protocol list. Now you can be on the protocol list without actually testing positive for symptoms. They're going through the contract ta- tracing, going through different um, different variables that will get you on there doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that all of them are are positive for COVID nineteen, but certainly not a great look. And then the Buffalo no. Sabers, who have to delay their flight from Buffalo to Long Island on Monday Correct. because yep. of the snowstorm, they were planning to travel on Tuesday. Luckily, they didn't travel. The, the league said, "All right, you're not going to New York. That game is canceled. We got to continue the contact tracing. We got to make sure everyone's results come back." And now they have two players on the COVID protocol list, and I believe one of the, one player has actually tested positive on the Buffalo Sabers roster. So it has gotten pretty bad over, over with those two <laughs> teams for the last uh, the last week or so. And obviously, Buffalo was was royally pissed off. Yeah, because they I saw had, that. According to reports in the Buffalo News, according to reports from The Athletic, they had requested information, additional information from the National Hockey League and the New Jersey Devils, and no one gave them that information. So, 
of the situation, and we talked and we've praised the National Hockey League right. for the way they've handled this so far. Yeah. I mean, this is just a bad look. I don't know how you let this happen. Now you have four teams right now, or five teams. I think Colorado just announced today that they mm-hmm. were pausing their season. Mm-hmm. So five teams, if I'm not mistaken, including New Jersey, including Buffalo, that are now going through uh, or now have their season paused because of COVID-related uh, issues. And the Islanders, at the very least, in this circumstance, are benefiting from the fact that they've had a week to work on their game. They've had a couple off days. They've had a couple practice days that they weren't they weren't planning on having. So it, it certainly gives them some time to regroup and get ready for Pittsburgh. But at the same time, the Islanders are starting to get their groove a little bit in Philadelphia. You, know, you didn't get to come away with two points in, in yeah. either one of those games. You came away with two points from uh, the two games combined. But right. there was a little bit of a groove they were getting in. There were some positives that you saw. Not a lot, but you, there mm-hmm. were some positives that you saw and you would like to have seen them build upon coming back to Long Island and playing Buffalo. But now there's a pause, so it's an interesting kind of conundrum. Did, did they benefit really, or did they kind of hurt from it because it kind of stifles that, that rhythm they were getting into? Right. Well, the answer to that question is however they come out. No, however they <laughs> yeah. end up coming out of the gate here when they start with Pittsburgh tomorrow, if they put a couple of wins together, it's, the answer will be, oh, it did them good. And if they end up losing a couple more games, oh, the break was terrible for them. I mean, that's always how it goes. It's always, you know, revisionist right. history. You know what I mean? I, I mean, it's, but I think historically with the New York Islanders, I think when you go back, even when they implemented the bye week, when you impl- when you look back and, and you look when, they, when they've had kind of these extended breaks, they kind of lose the momentum. The Islanders have always kind of historically been a team that benefits from playing well, pretty regularly. not in recent history. I mean, if if the pause before the return to play did anybody any favors, it was but, the I mean, that's, that's a huge, that's a big difference. I mean, the pause before the return to play is like comparing apples to the potatoes that you use at McDonald's. I believe McDonald's. the correct phrase is apples to oranges? No, but it, but, the, but that's the point. It's oh, such oh, a drastic difference. It's not difference. even a fruit. It's so drastically oh, I different. I yes. That's what you're trying to do here. Oh, okay, got it. It's so drastically different. <laughs> That you good? Yeah, I was just I was trying to internalize all the. Gather your thoughts. Gather your thoughts. You're back in the you studio just, now too. You know? I know, so I get it. It's it's I all. I'm gonna go back to my hotel room and away from you. <laughs> um, no, so it's such a it's such a drastic difference that because the the layoff, everybody was laid off. Basically, there was no one out there practicing. Really, there was no one really getting the chance to play. Guys so like Pellet got healthy, right? Stuff like that. You had a lot of different factors playing mm-hmm. into it. The break when you're in the middle of a season and there's not. You know, it's just a it's just a quick break, yeah. And then you go right back to playing. You're the team that that kind of loses the momentum. In this case, the Islanders. The Islanders are the team that loses the momentum because they have constantly been a team or consistently been a team that really likes to play a pretty consistent consistent basis on a consistent mm-hmm. basis where they get into a rhythm and they can kind of translate that trans, translate that game in and game yeah. out when they're playing consistently. Well. Look, I'm not glad that any teams ended up having to cancel or postpone games because of the COVID protocols. I'm not glad that anybody tested positive. Right. But I am glad that the Islanders got the break because I do think that they needed it. You can talk about whatever momentum they might have been building in those last two games, but I think that they just needed an... You okay? Yeah. This is breaking things. I'm back. I'm breaking things. It's, it's chaos. I think they just needed an overall breather from... Just that inconsistent play that we right. had talked about so much last week amongst ourselves with with Shannon Hogan, mm. and I think they just needed to kind of reset and say, "Hey guys, it's it's not going to come easy, right? Whatever whatever mentality they were in the in the return to play, it worked." And I and I use this I overuse this phrase now the well oiled machine, but that's really what they were, right? And clearly the gears aren't turning like they were back then. And so they, you know, you would like to have thought the training camp would have done enough for them. It clearly didn't. We thought it would because of the game one against the Rangers. They looked great. I mean, I think that was the, the case with a lot of teams. You know, they, everyone was, was kind of 
unsure of how things are yeah. going to look once you hit the ice between yeah. dealing with all the off-ice issues, dealing with get, getting ready and getting back into game shape, just dealing with the yeah. fact that training camp looked so different. And and whether it's whether it's a 56-game season or an 82-game season, the first 10 or so games aren't going to be indicative of what the season's going to be. Right. And that's for teams that are you know hot out of the gate, and that's for teams that are struggling. It's just... There's, there's just that feeling out period, whether it's guys getting their legs back, whether it's coaches like Barry Trotz right. figuring out their you know, regular lineup, which he's still doing. We'll talk more about that, too. But, you know, I think this break is good because, look, I don't know how when, – when and how the power play is going to click. You can work on it so many times. But, obviously, that's still a bit of an issue here. It's still mediocre at best. But, you know, Barry Trotz did mention that they, they did emphasize putting some time during this break on special teams and on the power play. So, hopefully, we see something out of that. But uh, I'm pro break right now. Talk to me in a week, <laughs> and we'll see how well it did them after we see some results of these games. But um, I'm good on it. So I mean, I, I don't I don't disagree too. And and to to your point as well. Uh, I mean, I feel like I'm more in the middle. I, I'd like to see how this transpires. I'm not taking a hard stance one way or the other. Okay, which is terrible. I'm firmly pro break, which is terrible if you're trying to do a podcast because we should have firm opinions and you know, like mine. Yeah, yeah. bombastic takes. Yeah, but we don't really do bombastic. That we don't do bombastic. No, we really don't. No, but, yeah. um, and and <laughs> but I think there there is something to be said. The, the Barry Trotz now kind of ta- you know he was talking about finding more consistency in his lineup. He's now kind of doubling down on that. The other day when he was saying he wants to have you know three and three and three two-thirds lines uh, and then be able to rotate one guy out uh, in and out when he can. So seeing more of that lineup consistency is going to be great. We talked about it a lot last show as well. But now you get, you get that extra week to kind of do that do that in addition to work on the special teams and in addition to work on, um, you know, just getting guys right in the right, back in the right mindset. And I know someone in the chat, by the way, thank you to everyone who's joining us tonight. Yes, Friday night. Live on Appreciate Twitch. you guys hanging out with us on a Friday. Yes, watching us on twitch.tv uh, slash hockey night and why. That's right. Um, but the new, and someone did ask, and what momentum, what was I talking about? Well, yeah, the Islanders <laughs> lost those two games in Philadelphia, but that was probably the best we saw them in that five game span during yeah. that road trip. Maybe the game, maybe parts of that game in Washington. Mm-hmm. Well, that was really about it. That was probably the better half of that road trip. And I, I realize that's not saying much, but even this littlest, the slightest momentum could go a long way to kind of get these guys back on track. And Buffalo was an opportunity to do that. They get a couple extra week, uh, extra days, and now you get that chance with Pittsburgh, um, which will be an interesting matchup on Saturday night at the Nassau Coliseum. Of course, the you know the, I don't want to say the Red Hot Rangers, but the Rangers who are kind of turning turning their season around a little bit after some uh, dressing room chaos themselves. Yes, I believe we we may talk to Molly Walker a little bit about that when she joins us uh, <laughs> in a little up. while. Uh, Christian, not to put you on the spot here, but I know that there's some new COVID protocols as a result of all this stuff. Do you happen to know what they are? So we're what we're seeing now is, and you'll notice it. On that first game at Nassau Coliseum on Saturday, they're they're taking the glass out behind the bench. That's going to be weird. It'll be very strange. Yeah. The idea is that they want to create more airflow, um, so that guys, you know, that the air that they're all breathing on the bench isn't necessarily infecting anyone. If 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 anyone has COVID or um, any symptoms or anything like that, it, it kind of protects them in that way. That's the idea, anyway. Opens you know, the I'm, air up a little bit. Yeah, back I'm not then. a medical sure. professional, but that's you know this yeah. is this is what they come up with with. Um, you know, assistance from their at least they're being team. proactive about it. Whatever it may do, they're planning on I think asking players to limit the amount of time they spend in preparation at the arena. They want they don't want players to arrive um, yeah, no earlier that. than an mm-hmm. hour hour forty five or hour and a half. And I think they have to do time. any pregame meetings now. Everything's via virtually call. Yeah, yeah, everything's virtual on, on Zoom, mm-hmm. um, which is how all these teams are communicating. Especially in, you know the Bridgeport Sound Tigers that they prepare for their season before training camps open. 
they were doing all their meetings through Zoom. The Islanders uh, and the rest of the NHL kind of will follow suit in that in that sense that uh, all those meetings will take place virtually. There's they're planning. I think they're looking into putting. Um, some sort of air filtration system on the bench, a portable air, yes, air filtration saw that too. system yes. on the bench. Yes, um, to, again to help with that airflow issue. So there, there, there are it, changes that they're making that mm-hmm. they're trying. Again, give them credit. They're trying to be proactive. I guess. Uh, I mean, maybe they could have been a little more proactive, proactive before you had five teams pause their their entire season. So I mean, there's that to be said. But right. they're, I guess, being proactive at this point. I know some of the players don't necessarily love the idea of not being able to show up. That earlier for, for yeah, games it'll mess like with that. their routine. A little it messes bit. up with their messes their routine. It messes up some of their their ability to um, you know get some workouts in and whatnot. So yeah. uh, there has been some pushback from the league. I know uh, from what I understand, there's uh, reportedly been um, some talks, or there's going to be some talks between the PA and the and the NHL about trying to readjust that that aspect of some of their new protocols because in fairness i mean that's that really does mess with a lot of teams and a lot of players especially on a game day where everyone's so regimented indeed it does christian but we have to break now because molly walker of the new york post will be joining us so folks i want to thank you all for tuning in to hockey night new york at twitch.tv slash hockey night ny we'll be right back Customer service is the backbone of any great business, and reliable telecommunication is essential to keeping your client base happy. Introducing Thai Technology, a low-cost, flexible internet phone service founded on the idea that every customer deserves exceptional service while providing simple setup and management and easy integration to clients across the country. Thai Technology will not only create a custom solution tailored to your specific needs, but will partner with you to provide a competitive edge to you and your clients. And if you need support, you won't be routed to an automated call center in another country, you'll get a live representative that had a personal hand in building your account. So Islander fans, if your business is looking for a change from companies like Spectrum, Verizon, or Optimum, Thai Technology is offering three free months of service for any of its affordable packages. Just call 516-856-7800, that's 516-856-7800, or visit them on the web at thaitechnology.com, that's Thai, T-I-E, technology.com. Thai Technology, the right choice for your internet phone service. The only thing better than a Great Long Island Deli is a Great Long Island Deli run by diehard Islander fans. Blue Line Deli and Bagels located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington will make any Islander fan feel right at home with its familiar blue and orange theme and Isles decor. Blue Line Deli and Bagels proudly serves Bagel Boss Bagels along with breakfast favorites, hockey-themed heroes, quesadillas, salads, fresh-made smoothies, and much more. So stop on in for delicious food, a clean atmosphere, and a happy staff ready to greet you with friendly service no matter what team you support. Want to place an order for pickup? Call 631-944-3222 or visit bluelinedeli.com to check out the menu and order online. Blue Line Deli and Bagels, where the great selections will have you saying, yes, yes, yes. Did you have a nice break? Well, it's time to get back on the couch for more Islanders Therapy with Shawnee and C. Arnold on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program. This is Hockey Night in New York. I'm Christian, and with me, as always, is Sean. And, of course, it's time for our On the Line segment, of course, brought to you by our friends over at Thai Technology. And with us on the line is from the New York Post, Molly Walker covers the National Hockey League, the New York Islanders, the New York Rangers, also, the co-host of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, the New York Post podcast, uh, New York Rangers podcast. Molly, welcome to the show. 
Thanks for having me on. This is my first time using Twitch, so oh, big, yeah. big moment. It, it is our first <laughs> time. Congratulations! It's our first yeah. time with a guest that was able to figure out how to use Skype within uh, five minutes. Awesome. <laughs> so, Truly. it is it is a pleasure to have you on, Molly. Obviously, with the uh, Islanders and Rangers facing off on Monday, it's a great time to bring you back on the show. Uh, and of course, a lot's been going on with the Islanders, and a lot a lot has been going on with the New York Rangers. Uh, before yeah. we get into some of that. Um, obviously the Islanders going into that matchup, they play Pittsburgh on Saturday, but going into that matchup, they find themselves kind of in a, in a bit of a rut. Um, certainly a lot of things have not gone the, the way that people would have expected them to this early in the season. Just from, from your, from your view, Molly, what have you seen out of the New York Islanders early on this year? I think they're getting away from their game. I mean, I look back to the bubble and their systems, their, you know, just the, their focus and just what they were doing on the ice is just not what I'm seeing right now from the Islanders. It's, it's just not the same systematic and lockdown formation, I guess I, I could say. It's just not the same at all. And I think they're getting away from their game. I think that's probably the biggest thing. And Matt Barzell is carrying the whole team on the on his back. Like there's just there's no other way to put it. I mean, I I obviously haven't been covering the Islanders as much as I have the Rangers, but I I took a glance at the uh, statistics and he is literally doubling the team in points. <laughs> and and that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that's also an issue. But I mean he is literally has ten points and the rest of the team has five and that's just can't happen as great of a player as Matt Barzell is he can't put the entire team on his back and they just can't keep riding him like they are and he is going to you know make those immature mistakes still he as he clearly has going in the penalty box as much as he has but I you need more players to step up I personally would like to see JG Peugeot step up a little bit more than he has and I know he's probably been in in a little bit more of a tougher position than almost anybody in the lineup because his wings keep getting changed and he the wingers that he's getting are young and inexperienced and he is expected to carry the whole entire line no matter what and but he's not he's not doing what he can do. And I know that when he signed that big contract, when he first came to the Long Island, he said he wanted to play to it and prove that he was worth that investment. And I know that he wants to. So, I mean, he just needs to start doing it. Certainly an interesting situation. Uh, Paggio finds himself in And since you brought it up, Molly, let's, let's, go there obviously the two young players you're referring to are oliver wallstrom and Kiefer bellows Kiefer has gotten a bit more time than than oliver has uh on the roster in in game situations what have you made of the two obviously it seems like the two of them play pretty well when they're all all together on the ice but what have you made of, of uh, uh bellows and wallstrom through their first couple games with the islanders this year I would say that there have been moments where they stand out positively, and then there are also moments where they stand out negatively. Um, but that's going to come. They're so young; they're they're in their first couple of seasons, so that's that's just a given. You know that you can't do anything about that. And I would prefer, I, if I were Barry Trotz, which obviously I'm not, but I would <laughs> Who is? like, yeah. <laughs> nobody um i would like to see him keep riding those two because they need to get the experience they need to get the ice time in order to work out those kinks because we have seen what they can do when they get comfortable and and when they you know are in a groove i guess so it's but it's a tough position i know uh 
how do you pronounce it? Zarnak? Zarnak, yeah. yeah. Zarnak, yeah. He, you know, he's gotten some time and uh, Timashov too has gotten some time. Um, So, uh, but obviously Bellows and Wallstrom are considered to be offensive weapons and that's more what the Islanders need. So they need to be able to work out those kinks and work out those rookie mistakes in order to get feeling comfortable and get in a groove so that they can start contributing. So, I mean, if it were up to me, I would continue riding them, but obviously they're kind of in a rut right now and sitting at the bottom of the division, which I don't think anybody expected them to be there. Um, so maybe they don't have that luxury of keeping them, you know, of riding them as much, but I mean, there's got to be some point where you got to just say, we just need to give them time and, and let them get comfortable. Yeah, for sure. And that's something we kind of keyed on last week, talking about Barry Trotz just settling on some wingers for J.G. Pajot, um, because even though he has been struggling, like you said, and, and also pointed out the fact that it's just it's just tougher for him because, you know, he needs to be able to get used to the guys he's with. You know, because look, everybody has different tendencies. Everybody, you know, kind of finds their spot differently, I suppose, on the ice and whatnot. So it'll be good for him when he actually has some regular line mates. But I guess as we continue to play musical chairs on that line, um, Austin Danger Zarnick did get a, a cup of coffee, if you will, <laughs> on Sunday night. Wait, all right. I, I, I want to interject something. Molly, oh, here we go. You're, you know, you're, you're on the younger side of the sports media <laughs> landscape, and that's a fair question. So Brian Compton, who we've had on the show a number of times, loves to use this phrase, a cup of coffee. He's used it to Barry mm-hmm. when we've been on these, these press conference calls and whatever. And I got a lot of, a lot of garbage, a lot of crap a lot for, of guff. Yeah. for not knowing or never hearing that phrase. I would at least like some backup that, I, that someone else has not heard this phrase. I mean, can I hear it in context? Like- so Zarnik just got called up to the Islanders. He finally got his cup of coffee with the NHL. That's kind of what it is. His chance? Like, yeah, 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 his opportunity. opportunity I yeah. guess. Wow. So, I but mean, have honestly, you, you I never heard, heard it. Really? I've never. I, Thank I mean, you. So we're really. Da- yeah. So Brian and I are just dating ourselves, I guess. And, and, I and, and the so. majority of our, our viewers and listeners, because I remember seeing comments that night being like, how does Christian not know what cup of coffee means? It's nice to have some backup. I'm sorry to interrupt. Continue. No, no. I'm, this is good for your pride, Christian. I'm glad we can work that out. <laughs> I mean, he just compared apples to potatoes. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. obviously, the guy has no idea how to use cliches. That we, we, we've <laughs> certainly figured that out, if nothing else. So <laughs> back to the back, back to the topic on. at hand. Yeah. So Zarnik, uh, <laughs> I'm trying to gather my thoughts now. So again, musical chairs with this line. He got a chance, and a lot of people have some positive things to say about him. Uh, he has some speed. Barry trusted him a lot in that first game. He even ended up seeing some power play time. Do you think he has a shot to maybe nudge one of these kids aside? You know, Bellows or Wallstrom to to maybe flank JG Pajot for longer than just a, a, some spot duty here and there. I think I'm going to give a very Barry Trotz answer right Please, here. Yeah. I'm just embodying Barry tonight, you know. <laughs> that's fine. I think that it creates competition. And I think that's something that the Islanders maybe haven't had in a pretty long time, honestly. I mean, now that these young prospects are on their way up, um, it creates competition. And, you know, Kiefer Bellows and Oliver Wallstrom are going to be looking over their shoulder now. There are other guys in the mix now that are fighting for ice time and that are doing good things on the ice too and that are trying to win Barry's you know uh, favor so I think that that's good for any lineup you know no matter who you are in the NHL so I think that having competition amongst your young talent is imperative to not only development but just you know 
I guess, team competitiveness too. You know, everybody obviously wants to be in the lineup, but when you have guys that are, you know, battling for spots and battling for ice time, I think it, it really does create a good team chemistry and, you know, everybody's chasing the same, you know, Barry likes to say climbing the mountain, everybody wants to get there. So and everybody wants to be a part of it too. So I think that it's it's very healthy for the Islanders if you know and they have a very unique it's similar to the Rangers. They have a very unique balance of veterans and young players too. So it's it's a very interesting balance to navigate. So I, I think it's good for the lineup. I really do. This is On the Line brought to you by our friends from Thai Technology. And on the line with us is Molly Walker. She covers the Islanders. She covers the Rangers for the New York Post. Also the co-host of the Up in the Blue Seats podcast, the New York Rangers, uh, the New York Post Rangers podcast. Uh, Molly, obviously you cover the Rangers, so you have some insight there. The Islanders play the Rangers on Monday. It's actually a pretty big matchup, as you referred to earlier. The Islanders are in the in the, the East Division, presented by Mass Mutual, because I just got <laughs> nice to do job. that. Nice job. Um, they're in the basement of that division. The Rangers are actually a couple points in front of them. It's certainly a situation that I think not a lot of people would have expected. Going into this matchup, what are some of the keys that Islander fans should be watching for from the Rangers? And, and what do you think is going to be the X factor here in that game? Well, first of all, I am hoping we see Shesterkin versus Sorokin. I think that would just be super exciting. And I don't think Barry's going to give it to hockey. us. <laughs> yeah, I don't think no, he's going to do I it. Yeah. I know, but I mean, hey, when the team can't, can barely put up a goal in front of Sorokin, I mean, I don't blame him either. Sure. So, I mean, I think it's, I'm hoping that'll happen, but we'll see. But I think for from a Rangers standpoint, um, they're going into a probably one of the toughest portions of their schedules. They had the Capitals the other day. Um, they got the uh, Flyers and Bruins, a bunch of um, slews of, slew of games against all the top three teams in the division. So they know that this is going to be a measuring stick for them going forward. And then facing the Islanders, I mean, they, they got their butts handed to them in the season opener, but then turned around and, and really flipped the script there and basically did the same thing to them. So it's they're kind of going in on an even playing field here. They kind of got a one-two punch on one another in the, to start the season. So I think that they know that the Islanders are not going to be an easy game at all, but they also don't want to recreate what happened in that season opener in any way shape or form so I think that they are looking ahead to the bigger competition that they do have at the top of the east but also want to pick up one against the islanders because not only of what happened in the season opener but because they they need they need to dig themselves they already kind of did dig themselves out of the hole they're back at 500 but they need to keep going and their playoff berth is dependent on this next stretch of games so it's really important to them but it's also really important for the islanders i mean they have shown that they're able to do that to the rangers and they're kind of neck and neck in in the bottom of the division and and they need to get the points too so Molly, there's one player I wanted to ask you about on the Rangers who's been, it seems like he's been getting a lot of buzz, but maybe it's just because Sean and I are both from Long Island and anytime any anyone from Long Island succeeds in anything, it's plastered all over Newsday and, and some sure. of the other newspapers around here. Mm-hmm. But uh, Anthony Bitetto, I believe yep. is how he's named, uh, Island Park native, not too far from where our studios that? are now. What, what's what been going on with, with him? And, and like I said, he gets, I think he got his first NHL goal the other night. He certainly seemed yep. to be in a, doing pretty well there. What What can you tell us about him? 
Yeah, he has. I mean, he started the season on the taxi squad, and then obviously with Tony D'Angelo's exile and Brendan Smith getting hurt, they're pretty scarce on D right now. So suddenly he's in the thick of, of the defensive core, and, you know, he's... I would go as far to say he's a veteran. I mean, he is the veteran on that defensive core. He's last on, uh, what was it, last night? Yeah, last night. Um, he was the only 30-year-old in the Rangers defensive wow. core. Like, that's, oh that's pretty wild. Yeah. yeah, that's if you think about that, that's pretty wild. That makes me sad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he brings um, a, a nice bit of experience. He's been on three, four different teams now at this point. So, you know, he's been around the block and he brings a little bit of veteran leadership. And he said he wanted to kind of be a, a leader for um, a young, that young group. And he's kind of brought that. What I, I actually have a feature coming out on him mm-hmm. on Sunday. And what I've talked to a couple of his coaches, um, I'm planning on talking to his parents too, but in talking to, he had two seasons at Northeastern and I talked to Jim Madigan and basically uh, what I've gotten from, you know, David Quinn and Madigan, he's just a, a lively presence in the locker room. He's a really, really good locker room guy, has a big personality, is just super fun, brings a life to the bench of the Rangers, basically. I mean, Long Islanders should feel represented 100% on the New York <laughs> Rangers. So um, it, it's really exciting for him. And, you know, it was really endearing to hear him talk about, you know, how it's always been all about the Rangers when he grew up and that, you know, when he got to Madison Square Garden, he was absolutely speechless. And then the goal that he had against the Capitals the other night was stunning. Like, there's just <laughs> no other way to put it. It was, I mean, when you asked David Quinn about it, he was like, what is he doing? Because he was like circling the net. He was just holding, he was doing like a Matthew Barzell, you know, type of possession around the whole zone. And then he just cut down the middle and finished it with a backhander. And it was just chef kiss. Like there's just, there's no other way to put it. It really, it was very pretty, very pretty. (laughs) Very nice. So Molly, I wanted to ask you more of the, I suppose, um, broad scope of this Ranger team as in, what is their expectation for this season? Because if you, if you looked into the season previews going in, you have some writers saying that this is their year to push through, make, a, make the playoffs. Other people saying they're not there yet. What's the belief in that locker room? Where do they see themselves going? And, and what do you consider their potential for this season? Well, I'd like to say, being on an <laughs> Islanders podcast right now, that I had the Very Islanders smart. making smart. the playoffs over the Rangers. So putting that out there, (laughs) but the Rangers are basically using the playoffs as a barometer. You know, they feel like getting in the playoffs is a very logical goal for them, Mm. but that's kind of it. You know, there hasn't been any talk of the Stanley Cup, obviously, like they're not really shooting that high, Mm -hmm. but they believe that they should be able to make the playoffs. And it's funny because Larry Brooks and I had very similar lineups for um, the East division of how it's going to shake out, except he had the Rangers in fourth and I had the Islanders in fourth. That's Larry. So yeah, so it was, uh, (laughs) it's funny. So I'm very curious to see who will end up having the more accurate bracket. But um, I mean, it's, it's definitely logical uh, and a logical goal for them to want to make the playoffs. Um, And honestly, with the way they played the cap, Capitals the other night, mm-hmm. but they got to bring that kind of style every night. But we also saw them absolutely stink up the ice against the Islanders in the season opener. Like they can also play like that sometimes. 
So it's really give or take. They really, they've already been hit with the injury bug. Philip Heedle's down. That was a huge, huge blow to their forward depth. So, you know, but uh, he should be back. They said four to six weeks. So, you know, depending on when they get him back, I mean, I'm not going to bring up Jack Johnson because he hasn't really had any (laughs) bit of an impact in the lineup just yet. But, um, you know, they, they just, they, they do, they are aiming for the playoffs, but they really, they have to give 150% every night in order to be able to do that, especially in this loaded East division. I mean, it is by far one of the most toughest division, but also I, I was peeking over at the North and they're pretty heavy too right now. Yeah. They're, they got higher points than everybody else in the, in the league. So we'll see. Talking with Molly Walker on the line, presented by our friends over at Thai Technology. Molly, I think we'd be doing disservice at this point if we didn't uh, switch the drama. Gears, the drama that's been going on with the New York Rangers. And to kind of tie it all together, it does sort of begin with the New York Islanders, considering the way the Rangers season started against the Islanders. Tony D'Angelo, um, certainly he's made a lot of headlines, not only this, this last week or so, but really through the course of his career with some of the things he's done. What can you tell us about what happened between Tony D'Angelo and the New York Rangers and how the situation so quickly devolved? Sure. So, I mean, if we're going from the very beginning, you're right. That season opener was really the beginning of the end for Tony D'Angelo is kind of the vibe that I got from the press conference with John Davidson and Jeff Gorton. He took that unsportsmanlike penalty in the third period, slammed the glass, mouthed off to the refs, just not a good penalty, not a good look for the Rangers. And David Quid benched him for disciplinary purposes the next game. And then the Rangers went out and won five to nothing. So naturally, David Quinn is going to roll with the same lineup. So he was a healthy scratch for a second straight game. And essentially during the press conference that JD and Jeff Gorton called to address the whole saga was that Jeff Gorton was not a fan of how Tony D'Angelo took that benching. He was not a fan of the way he reacted, of the way he handled himself. And he essentially said to him, he said verbatim, you know, one more thing. I hear your name one more time and you're going on waivers and we're moving on. Wow. Fast forward a couple of games after that tough overtime loss to the Penguins. Sidney Crosby gets a game winner off a miscommunication between Georgiev and Tony D'Angelo behind the net. And as they're walking off the ice, Tony says some snarky comment to Georgiev. Georgiev clocks him with his blocker blocker pad still on, puts him in a headlock, and it's a whole big tussle in, in in the hallway, basically. And... A lot of people were saying that they were really shocked that Georgiev would be the first one to throw a punch and, you know, be the aggressor, I guess. But Mm -hmm. I'm here to tell you that I wasn't shocked at all. Uh, I have uh, spoken to Georgiev one-on-one multiple times, and I have developed a pretty nice relationship with him in the locker room. And he's a pride, prideful guy. He's proud. He is... He knows what he can bring to the lineup. He knows who he is. He knows what he contributes to the team. And this is a guy that's been kind of on the back burner for the Rangers his entire time he's been here, whether it's behind Henrik Lundqvist. You know, when Shesterkin came up, Shesterkin was tabbed the number one by media, by fans. He's kind of just always been there. Everybody considered him to be a trade ship for a really long time. 
But yeah. aside from this season, because Georgiev hasn't really been that great, but Georgiev has done nothing really but prove that he's worthy of being a, a being on the roster, of being a number two or sharing the number one title with someone else. He's done relatively well for them, so he's he knows what he brings, and he gives up a game winner to Sidney Crosby, like. What what goaltender hasn't given up a game winner to Sidney Crosby? I haven't. Right? I haven't given up a goal to Sidney Crosby. Like, it's, it, so he naturally snapped at one of his teammates who yeah, yeah. is a big personality, clearly, and probably... That was a really not- nice way of saying something much, much, <laughs> much different, but I, I give you credit for, for maneuvering like that, Molly. <laughs> but he, he, he snapped, and honestly, it was understandable. I mean, who wants to be chirped by their own teammate, especially after a tough loss like that? I know the So, feeling. I mean, it was a whole big saga and a, clearly a very public incident. So Jeff yeah. Gordon said he had to stick to his word. And apparently Tony was received a call that night that he was going on waivers. Well, good on Gordon for sticking to his word. And, you know, I guess if you look on the ice, it seems like all is, is pretty well. But I suppose, you know, what's the feeling now kind of interacting with the Rangers now and with the, with the players in the locker room? Is there is there almost like a sigh of relief now that maybe there's an end to that saga? Well, I mean, he's he's done. You know, he's he's on his way out of town. Gordon yeah. said that they're not considering terminating his contract right now because mm-hmm. that could turn into a whole legal battle. But they're trying to orchestrate a trade. I know Larry Brooks reported that the Flames were possibly interested. Mm. So they're, they're trying to just orchestrate a trade, you know, let them just get out of town and go play somewhere else. But, I mean, I'll tell you, after the Capitals win, the vibe from the Rangers has just been stellar. You know, they're happy. They're go, the happy-go-lucky, free. Like, <laughs> Chris Kreider was pulling up and down on the table <laughs> during Ryan Strom's wow. uh, post-game media conference. It was it was really funny. Um, so they're in good spirits. And uh, I was watching the live stream today from practice and lots of smiles, lots of smiles. So I know that I was getting a lot of uh, responses on Twitter, everybody saying, oh, I wonder what happened. I wonder what changed. <laughs> you know? So right. um, I can definitely say that the team is in really good spirits, but also winning will do that to you. Sure. So whether it's Tony D'Angelo going out of town or, you know, this little win streak that they've put together, the team is in good spirits. Molly Walker from the New York Post. You can hear her on the uh, Up in the Blue Seats podcast, uh, which is the New York Post, New York Rangers podcast. She does a great job. Uh, very talented. I, I know your brother does a podcast. We probably shouldn't be plugging other Ranger podcasts, but I recommend. I recommend. Okay. I recommend right. Molly's podcast. <laughs> with uh, she does a great job with Ron Duguay uh, yes. as well, who's on there, who's a, a tremendous personality in his own right, and uh, they they do a, a great job. So certainly, if you're looking for the Rangers perspective, give it a listen. Molly, we really appreciate you coming on. We really appreciate you being the first technological savvy guest that we could have on the show. Hey, Charlie was good too. Charlie was good. You're right. I forgot we had Charlie. I'm really go just, on. I'm I'm just thinking back to no, Andrew. I'll take and, it. Yeah, Charlie. I don't remember. <laughs> but thank you so much, Molly. Really appreciate the insight, and and the listeners really seem to love you in the chat room. Thanks a lot, Molly. Appreciate Thanks it. For having me on. You got it. Take care. All right, folks. That was the great Molly Walker of the New York Post. Yes, great stuff yeah. on the line. Thai technology. Yeah. Great stuff from them as well. Yeah, I, of course. I, I heard. We love their stuff. I heard a rumor that we're getting some stuff from them. 
We might be getting some stuff. I'm very excited. Yeah, for we this. we might we might shamelessly uh, wear some swag in the I'm, near future. I'm glad my shameless plug to get some <laughs> get some high technology gear worked. Uh yeah. Hey, you know, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you've you've made your uh, approach to that very well <laughs> yeah. known on this show. I so at least you're not that. shying away from it. No, I don't. So hide that. so yeah, Christian's going to be decked out in a bunch of uh, TT. <laughs> oh, 100 <laughs> percent. Free stuff in the near I'll take future it all the time, man. So awesome stuff from Molly. Yeah, it's great insight and. Pretty interesting on the D'Angelo stuff. I mean, for obvious reasons, but uh, it's it, it it's funny to see how it seems like it did kind of lift the team's spirits with him out of the picture. But I'm mean, look when you have that kind of pressure, you know, removed from the locker room, that kind of stress or what have you, tension. I think yes. is the word I was yeah. reaching for there. You know, it's going to make any locker room improve. And I, I think the, the really interesting thing, and, and say what you will about, about a lot of the differences between the New York Islanders and the New York Rangers, mm-hmm. um, you, you really got the sense of the difference in the locker room chemistry and camaraderie between the Rangers and Islanders, um, even just by the people that the Islanders organization brings in. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the interesting things that um, we had the opportunity, I think it was a week ago, uh, some of us in the media, to speak with some of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers players mm-hmm. that were reporting to camp. Yeah. And I forget which Sound Tiger it was. It was um, one of them that had been in camp with the Islanders and then went, was sent back down. One of them who plays hockey. One of them who plays right. hockey. He has, he has a hockey stick. Yeah, yeah. He shoots lefty and or righty. Sure. He <laughs> was talking about how tight he could tell the Islanders' dressing room was. Mm. Just from being around there for yeah, a, a yeah. couple of days or a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, I should say. He could tell the camaraderie that was there, that everyone, you know, how tight knit a group it was, yeah. and it really, it, you really get that sense going all the way back to the bubble last year, this year, the way the team rallies around some of its other players and whatnot, uh, and rallies around each other. Yeah, it really speaks to the difference between the New York Rangers locker room, and it sounds like it's it's a tight room now that they got rid of someone that maybe wasn't necessarily the right fit for that locker room and the right personality for some of those guys. Um, you right. know, you leave a lot of the, some of the other stuff. You know, away from the ice, out of the conversation, but right. even inside the locker room, he was kind of a bombastic figure when it came to just sure. his yeah. own play. Had his own podcast, right? Yeah, so yeah. Certainly, certainly a major difference there in the camaraderie. And I thought it was an interesting look at how different the organizations are in certain aspects. Because Tony D'Angelo is a guy that that came to the Rangers with a lot of baggage away from the ice, on yeah. the ice, off the ice, mm-hmm. um, and that's not necessarily something you see the Islanders do a lot of when it comes to the players that they bring in. You know, one of the things that they always talk about, whether it was Garth, whether it was Lou, mm-hmm. was about character. Uh, and that's right. something that the organization as a whole really does value. So it was, Big time. I, I just thought it's an interesting note, especially going into that uh, matchup with the New York Rangers on Monday. The Islanders played the Pittsburgh Penguins on Saturday, their first game since taking a uh, unexpected break yeah. this past week and getting yeah. some time, some extra reps in during practice. It, it certainly sets up for an interesting week for the Islanders who desperately, desperately, desperately need points. There is no doubt about that. And I guess my last thought on the whole D'Angelo situation is that um, – I kind of lost my train of thought here for a second. But <laughs> um, where was I going with it? Oh, yes, yes. So uh, we're not in the business of praising the Rangers on this show. But, I mean, good again, I'll say it again, good on Gordon and good on the Rangers because this is a guy who who was producing at a high clip yeah. for this team. Um, I mean, yeah. look at the yeah. – Maybe not so much this season at the start, but look right. look at the numbers he put up yes, previously. Last year, he you know, yeah, there's no denying that. I mean, he what he had a hat trick. He put up like 15 goals. I mean, it's it's not like it. Look, it would have been a lot easier to cut loose a guy that was a problem if he was you know was fourth producing. liners, yeah. you know, maybe seventh defenseman, third pairing guy, and you know, okay, fine, you let him go. But but he was a big part of that team last year. 
So the fact that they're able to, you know, kind of take a look at the situation, whether it has anything to do with the other nonsense he's known for or not, the fact that he was causing a problem with his teammates in that locker room and they looked at it and, and they basically they weighed the health of that locker room right. and the camaraderie and, and the attitude, I suppose, of the players yep. versus whatever he brought to the ice. They said it wasn't worth it. So he must have been a real pain in the ass <laughs> in that locker room for them to be like, sorry, pal, you're out of here. There certainly must have been something going on. And I mean, it was clear if, if um, you know, what's been reported and obviously what Molly was telling us is that uh, George E.F., you know, clocked him, got tired of the nonsense in that regard and and clocked him. So that certainly says a lot about what's been going on. Obviously talking about the health, talking about the health of the Islanders, yeah. because going into this game against the Pittsburgh Penguins, going into their game against the New York Rangers and uh, and the games they have next week, the health of their season is kind of on the line, if you will, with the (laughs) way that's a lot on the line. (laughs) Not and that on the line. It's not brought to to you by Thai technology, but we still mention them anyway. But, The point being, this is a pretty important week for the Islanders. This is an opportunity for them to turn it around, and they need to turn it around. We were talking yeah. about it before, and, and Molly alluded to, alluded to it as well. I think it's time you give Bellos and Wallstrom an opportunity to just run with the ball and, and see where things go. Um, you know, They're going to make mistakes. We've talked about it before, but at this yeah. point, I mean, the Islanders dropped five games. It's not getting any worse. You know, they're not gonna. You know, I don't think at this point they're winning or losing games because Oliver Wallstrom is or um, you know is in the lineup over a guy like Leo Komarov or yeah. Michael Dow Cole or anyone like that. So in that same regard, too, now we're finally going to see some more consistent lineups, and I'm, I'm interested to see how that plays out and who, who goes where. And I kind of wanted to pose this question to you, Sean, um, kind of playing coach here. Yeah, let's, let's kind let's of do it. get into the mind of Barry yeah, Trotz, if you sure. will. You're Barry Trotz. Oof. You're the head coach of the New York Islanders. Okay, I'm okay with that, sure. You're a pretty well-liked guy around the area, so yeah, that's about a right. big change for you. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> what is your lineup looking like come Saturday, come Monday, come, you know, going forward, this consistent lineup that we're being told is, is coming? Well, I don't mind keeping that swap intact that he made with the first two lines, mm. swapping Everly and Bailey, because as we've talked about on the show, Bailey needed to get going, and granted it was just a deflection, mind you, a nice one, right? but... You know, he got on the scoreboard, and maybe he could use a little boost from Matt Barzell. Because, look, a lot of people have been talking a lot of great things about the way he's been playing on the ice. Forget about the penalties and stuff for a second, but it's been very noticeable. Yeah. Uh, he's on pace for, like, 85 points, I guess, in a full 82-game season, whatever the case may be. As, as Molly Walker highlighted, he's, he's got double the points of everybody else in the team. So if you've got a guy who you need to get going... That's probably who you want to you know, line them up with. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a problem with them riding Bailey on that first line for a little bit and seeing how Everly and, it, and, Everly and Nelson could mesh because you know what? Nelson's a guy that needs to get going yep. too. So maybe that swap kind of you energizes. Know, energi- yeah, the lineup you know, throughout that top six, right? Mm-hmm. So let's get to the, the real crux of the, of the lineup, though, that third line. Now, Barry said he wants to at least have a pairing. For that line, which is which is pretty common, right. you usually line up two guys, like whether it's Lee and Barzell, or mm-hmm. you know, not not so much now, but Nelson and and, uh, and Bo or, or right. Everly, right? So my prediction, and I'm not saying I'm any good at these, <laughs> but I think that that guy that he's going to end up kind of latching to Pajot mm-hmm. is going to be key for Bellows. I think I think he's out of the young guys, he's shown the most trust in him so far. I mean, yeah. Johnston got in for uh, more games than we all expected. A cup of coffee. I, I, good job. 
But I don't think that he's going to ultimately be the guy, you know, that that's going to be tied to Pajot. I mean, why? We we don't even have to dive into why. Right. I mean, we, why not? we talked about sort of the redundancy that's yeah. in the lineup already. Right. You put Ross Johnson. That would in there. that would be a poor coaching decision in my in my opinion. So I think it's going to be Bellows because he's more or less gotten the most trust out of the young guys. I think he wants to go young. I think he wants Wallstrom or Bellows or maybe to a lesser degree Dal Cole to be that guy who steps up and grabs it like Shannon Hogan said last week. Right. right? And I think Bellows is going to be that guy. Maybe it takes him a little longer to figure out who's going to be on the other side of that line. Maybe he still has to rotate a guy in or two. But at least having that two to three, at least Pajot can look up and know that on one side of the ice – he knows where that guy's going to be. Right. He's going to learn that guy's tendencies. And and he had that last year, too. You look back. Again, we, we talked Broussard, about it a little bit. Sure. Broussard was there. He was right. his constant. Yeah. I agree with you. I think Kiefer Bellows is going to be the one because one thing that doesn't get talked about, I know a lot of people were annoyed that uh, we talked about it last week, I know, but I'm just going to revisit it to get to this point. A lot of people were annoyed that um, Zarnik and Timoshov were in the lineup over Bellows and Wallstrom mm-hmm. last, uh, last Sunday mm-hmm. when they played the Philadelphia Flyers in that last game of the road trip. You look at the way they, they've it's part been, of the experiment. They've been they've been experimenting. They've given it time. The point I was getting at though, it was I don't. It was never an indication or an indictment on the way that Bellows or Wallstrom had no. been playing. But Barry trying to wanted figure it out. To, Barry wanted to see what he had yeah. in those two guys, and, and Zarnik, to his credit, took the ball and kind of ran with it in that yeah. game. It certainly made an impression. The broader point I want to get to though is that Barry Trotz is not a, opposed to using younger players. I think that there's kind of this this aura around him that he's he tends to but go it's, more. But it's vet. not just Barry; it's coaches throughout the league, right? But to the point they're of, always going to trust the right. veterans a little oh, more than the younger guys, 100. Yeah. percent But to the point I'm getting at, you go back to Barry's first year here. Um, you have Devontae's who had a very good training camp with the New York Islanders, was making a push to make the team out of camp, and then he went back down. Barry wanted him. Barry right. said, hey, mm-hmm. "I wanted, I wanted to have Devontae's in the yeah, lineup right, right, at, right at a training camp." Mm-hmm. And Lou was the one who said, "Give it time, give it time." Nope. And they did give it time, and they gave. They, you know, Hayes goes down. He comes back up that you know the first game of the year after um, you know uh, Adam Pellick gets hurt and right. he takes his spot. Mm-hmm. Is it Adam Pellick or is it Ryan Pulak? I'm just agreeing with you. It may be wrong. One a player, <laughs> a, a player got hurt. I forget who it was. A player does get it was hurt. Probably the, Boychuk. There's, that's a good option. Let me be nice. Be nice. That'd be a good guess, right? That's a good guess. But I forget who. It was. Nothing against Maybe him. it was Thomas Hickey. I, I'm just going through that entire list of players that were on there. Could have been Mayfield. It could have been Pollock. <laughs> but the point is, he comes and he succeeds. But where I'm going is that Barry Trotz is not opposed to putting I think it younger was Hickey. players in there. It was, it was Hickey because he got hurt. He had the family issues, right. and then he kind of ended up losing a spot. Right. Over it. Okay. Great. We sorted it out. Go. Yes. But the point is, Barry Trotz is not opposed to using younger players in there. And he's shown that. The, the Devontae story is the perfect example of it. Sure. Maybe that's not Lou Lamarell style all the time, and it, were, and it ended up working out in that, in that instance. Yeah. But right here, right now, I think Barry is showing that he wants to use these, these younger players. Kiefer Bellows has played in almost every Islander game this season, except for and two. And that surprised me. Yes. Yeah. So Pleasantly. A lot of these messages about uh, people saying, oh, the, he doesn't want to play the youngsters. He's playing this guy over that guy. Or he's, you know, what does it say about the, it, they're, they're getting time. Bellows is yeah. getting time. Wallstrom could get right. some more time. He's only played in two games right. and they've been very limited minutes, but they're getting time. And like you said last week too, Michael that Cole was still young. He's not necessarily the guy that Island, a lot of Islander fans want for his scoring touch in the lineup. <laughs> But he's still on the younger side of things, and there is a purpose that he serves. There is a role that he has, and if you're talking about rolling that third line, basically, which is, I think, where um, rolling one person in and out of the lineup in that third line, that rotation, yeah. 
Dow Cole is not the worst player in the world to have on one side of, the, of a wing of J.G. Pajot. Yeah, we've said that for a while. Nor is, um, yeah. nor is Oliver Wallstrom. I mean, if right. those are the two guys that are coming into the lineup, and obviously you'd like to see Wallstrom get some more well, consistent time, I think that's not the worst thing in the world. Well, Barry has kind of hinted to the fact that he wants two guys, which means that maybe based on who they're playing... I mean, you know, that, he said that multiple he's, times. He's yeah. going to bring different guys in because he's going to look at the lineup on the other side of the score sheet. And he's going to be like, okay, the Pittsburgh Penguins, I'm going to put this guy in. Right. Okay, the New York Rangers, I'm going to put this guy in. Or this guy wasn't pulling his weight last week, I'm going to bring that guy in. So, look, he wants, he wants that, you know, consistency. Yes. And I think he's just, again, rocking a hard place. We talked about it previously. Like... You know, you can you only have so much time to work it out, right? But you got to give it some time 100%. so you can so you can trust your instincts and, and make the best choice. So I don't envy him, but he's getting there. <laughs> and and Barry Trotz has made no bones about the fact, or made, it made it's no secret that Barry has said on a number of occasions. Yeah, a lot of the roster decisions, especially early on, were being dictated by the schedule, by back to backs, by how close, yeah. it, by how 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 much time in between games they have, opponents. These are all factors that are being played into it. So that's that's part of the that's part of the issue there when he's making the lineup. Obviously, trying to see everybody that he can in the in the lineup and get, give them an opportunity. That's part of it. Oh, uh, we didn't mention Austin Zarnick, but I mean, he's he's a guy that's got to get another opportunity in the lineup, considering that. No, we did. We talked yeah, about him before. No, no, but I mean, coming up, Bovilli not playing. Sure, sure, sure. I have to imagine Zarnick, and is he's not get playing tomorrow. Right, he's not playing tomorrow. Right. That's what I mean. He's not playing against the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. We don't know after that if he'll be in the lineup against the Rangers or or going forward. He has been skating at Northwell, not necessarily with the main group on right. the ice, mm-hmm. but with um, you know, by I think the way Trotz kind of phrased it today was basically by himself. He was skating basically by himself. Uh, which is kind of oh, sad when you think about it. I know. <laughs> just imagine Anthony Bovillier <laughs> skiing around an empty uh, Northwell ice rink. And yeah, sure. His head down with the puck. I wish I had some fun. Go to the other rink, Anthony. Yeah, yeah. We, we, got, we got some big boy stuff going on here. You, you, you go mend, <laughs> mend, your, mend your wounds over there, all right? Uh, yeah. Poor guy. Poor, but, poor Bo. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I would imagine Zarnik is probably in that conversation too, especially the third line. If, yeah. he, if he's in that rotation as well. I mean, again, it's a small sample size. It's one game. Yeah. But he certainly did enough to impress a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. It'll yeah. be interesting to see out. And uh, did, did you want to finish your your lineup there? Oh sure. Like, well, do we, you stick with the? Do you keep the fourth? Well, line? Well, th- we want to. Yeah, we wanted to talk about the fourth line anyway. Okay. Uh, I said going into this season that this is this is I'm pretty confident, and there's some obvious reasons for it. But this is the last year we're going to see this this fourth line as it is now. This is the last time you're going to see Cal Clutterbuck, Matt Martin, and Casey Sezikis. On this line, whether it's because, and this is the likely reason, because Casey Zizekas can no longer be fit under the cap, right. given what he produces and what he's going to, de- you know, kind of demand on the open market. If they can work out a contract, fantastic. I love Casey Zizekas. He's one of my favorite players on the team. Yeah. So if they can figure out a way to keep him for longer, great. But I don't think that's going to be the case. But then there's also just the performance on the ice reasons. Now you pointed out to me, uh, you know, outside of the show that what they're they're one of the what third worst ranked fourth line or something That's like that according to money puck. puck yeah right whatever that is but i guess they they track like um advanced stats advanced and whatnot stats, yeah. okay so obviously that's not good and you know most teams in the nhl follow advanced stats so they're they're obviously aware of this and you know maybe barry's been a little stubborn with this line and for good reason because look Islander country and as well as the coaching staff has been has been singing this line's praises for a very long time Everybody loves what they bring to the table. When they're all on their game, banging bodies, 
causing havoc down low, causing turnovers, getting scrappy goals. I mean, you look what they did during the playoffs, particularly Matt Martin. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, these guys have shown that they can bring a very needed style to, to a hockey team, especially a hockey team like the Islanders, who you know need to play aggressively and p- play a defensive style and whatnot. So I don't blame Barry Trotz for, for giving this line some more time. Right. But when you look at the fact that they're obviously struggling. Yeah, I mean, it makes you think maybe it's maybe it's time to get some younger legs in there. Maybe a Zarnik, maybe a, even a Timishov, because th- there's less expectation on guys in that fourth line role. Get out there, get some energy out there. You know, annoy annoy maybe the top line, the second line of the other team. Just make sure the puck doesn't end up in your net. Right. That's essentially what your job is out there, right? Maybe cause a little havoc. Havoc. So I'm sticking with them for now, but I am certainly open to experimenting. I mean, like I said, it's going to end up getting broken up eventually. Right. And you got to figure out who's going to fill those roles, whether it's guys that are currently within the franchise now or they got to dip into free agency during the summer. But it's eventually going to change. And if Barry sees, you know, a way to improve it, I'm all ears. Yeah, it, it's certainly an interesting situation. And the money puck tweet, it was it was in a tweet about the uh, worst worst lines in the NHL. And, and, the, and they were third worst there in, the, in that group. I forget who the other who the other two were. Ahead, uh, below them, I guess, in this instance, not necessarily ahead of them. Yeah. But um, it, it's certainly an interesting change for that line because they do serve a very specific purpose, right? Yeah. They, you, you just described it perfectly. You Damn know, right. Energy line. <laughs> enough, enough, enough. Just go, just go. They are obviously an energy line, and, and there's a specific role that they play. And when they don't necessarily play that role, it's a very expensive line for one that's not necessarily producing what you needed to do. So when that line isn't doing what you need to do, it, it is a very expensive line that is just kind of there. Yeah, no question. And it, and I think, there's no way they can give Sezikis a race and keep that line together next no. year. It is not possible. No, it, it's, it's people hate the money in that line already. Yes, I hear and from they fans like, and all they like the time. Matt Martin and Casey Sezikis and Cal Clutterbuck, right? As, pl- as people, right? But they hate that the number that they have on their contracts. Yeah. Um, whether whether that's fair or not, I mean, it's, you know, you're never gonna you're never gonna fault a guy for taking more money, of course. Um, well, you say of course, but I think there are people out there who don't understand that concept. Uh I don't know. No, I think it's it's not on the player. It's 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 it it goes to the management. It doesn't go to the player. I don't think the I don't think fans are upset with the players for signing the contract. They're upset with Lou Lamarillo for giving them the contract, giving Andy Green a, a twenty game performance right. bonus, stuff like that. And I hear you. I get it. Well, you needed Andy Green to be here. Well, the number he got was a little more. I'll give you that. But you needed Andy Green to be here. I'm assuming you meant. Um Martin to be here. Well, I'm talking across the board here. I'm talking across the board. Whether it's them, whether it's just, it's just you know, you just brought up the point about about who who the Islander fans are looking at right. to you know to point the finger at for for ruining the cap situation. I don't think they're pointing the finger at the player because right. of course, yeah, they want to play hockey and they want to make money. So yeah, where do I sign? So it's it's on the it's on the management team. Fair enough. Fair enough. I I, I think there are people who uh, also blame the players, but that is aside okay. from the point. Well, the po- but but you're right. You're not wrong in in your assessment that. Now at this point, that's that's a line that either needs to produce or it needs to maybe things need to be adjusted there too. Do you put someone someone put in the chat? I just looked real quick. Yeah, I mean Andrew Ladd's just sitting around doing nothing. Why not give him an opportunity if you're just paying? <laughs> oh, you know, I mean, I mean, there's cap implications. I think everybody obviously, just turn their feet off. Actually. There's cap implications <laughs> that, but I'm just using an example. I, I just saw you. it real quick. I you know, you. Ross Johnson, him and Matt Martin do play a similar similar role. Ross Johnson's a little bit younger as well. Yeah. Well, well, I think everybody we assumed that he was the heir apparent to, to Matt Martin eventually. Right. I think that's 
however many years ago it was now, a two, where when Lamarillo gave him a four-year contract, yeah. everybody was scratching their head, but they were like, maybe he's the long-term Matt Martin. replacement right. for Matt Martin. And yeah, Ross Johnson sense. has his moments. Again, but on the, on a fourth line like that, and you're trying to shake things up, it's not a bad idea to take out one of those regulars if yeah. they're not producing. I don't disagree with that. Look, if you're, if you're counting on your fourth line to be the difference between wins and losses, you got bigger problems. That being said... They do play an important role on this team. Exactly. It doesn't mean you can't have a good, productive fourth line. You right. should certainly strive for that. So, which is why we look at these numbers and say, okay, if they're not performing as well as they could be, you know, why not tinker with it? You have a whole taxi squad full of guys that you can slot in and out. And and again, I'm with Barry if he's looking to be stubborn here and and, and work with them for <laughs> right. a little longer because because when they're when they're on, they're on. And unfortunately, there's no fans in the seats to get out of their seats when they're out there. But they usually get the fans out of their seats when they're doing their job. Now, I'm curious. It's been asked to them a couple times, uh, uh, several different occasions. But I'm curious your opinion, Sean. Has that? Do you think that the fact that there are no fans that are there to for the players, or in particular Martin Sezikis and Clutterbuck, to feed off their energy during a game, do you think that's played into any had or had any impact? in the way they've played this season. No, because we saw that they've been able to be successful during the return to play. We, we saw that they were able to play their game. So, no. Um, is it something that could, you know, eventually weigh on players? Maybe. I don't know. I'm not in their heads. But I think I, I go back to the whole their professionals talk, and, and everybody is under that circumstance. No, 100%. Whether, it, whether you're the road team or the home team. So, no, no, and I wouldn't want to fall back on that as an excuse. I mean, the guys get paid a lot of money, as we just talked about. Yes, they do. And they got to go out there and do their jobs. And, and if they can't do their jobs under the circumstances, then they don't deserve to play. Then you got to find the guy who can dig deep and, and put the fact that there's no, nobody in the crowd you know, out of their minds and just be able to get out there and play their asses off, whether there's you know, 1,000 people, 10,000 people, or zero people in the building. So... You know, I would hope not. I would hope that has nothing to do with it. And I don't think it I don't think it does. I don't I don't think it does either. I was just curious what where your thought was. I just want to remind everyone, first of all, we appreciate everyone that's in the chat joining us Hell for yeah. the special Friday edition yes, of Hockey Night you. in New York. Uh you can stream it on twitch.tv slash hockey night and why that's right uh also available on all your favorite podcast uh, podcast apps podcast providers i like to say same difference same same of sure. course thank you to our great sponsors blue line deli and thai technology I can't yeah. wait for the free swag also just want to remind everyone if you do have questions we're monitoring the chat feel free to send yes. us some questions in the chat we'll we'll answer them as we go yes. along and continue our discussion on the air as and we well. still got to do the hero brother and we still have to do the hero. Do you want to do the hero now? Why don't we do the hero? Let's do the hero now Let's see if anyone hero. has some questions. Here we go. We're going to shift here. We're going to hit some buttons. And here we go. When you hear that song, ladies and gentlemen, who are listening, <laughs> that means it's time for the hero of the week brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Hero of the week. Half price hero of the week, which is this week the poke check, which consists of roast beef, Ham, turkey, Swiss, American, lettuce, tomato, and mayo on a hero. Look at those delightful pictures there on the screen. It looks delicious. Get it half price all week starting tomorrow. That's Saturday through Sunday where we'll announce a brand new half-off hero. Stop in to mention Hockey Night in New York for half-off the poke check. Now, with that being said, Christian... There were no games this week. Yes. So not only were there no games with a bunch of losses, there were just literally no games. <laughs> so we had a hard enough time coming up with a hero of the week last week. Yes, we you did. guys can imagine we had an even harder time 
coming up with a hero this week. Sean just tried, kind of kept trying to nominate himself. I said, Sean, knock it off. Yeah, I was like, it, obviously it's me. And Chris was like, no, obviously it's not. And I was <laughs> like, okay, fair point. So <laughs> with that being said, uh, we went unique here. A, another unanimous hero of the week. And uh, look... This guy has, uh, you know, really, really been building up his reputation over the last couple of years. A lot of growth and, um, you know, had a big announcement this past week. And uh, our hero of the week uh, for tonight. I clearly was not consulted. For Friday is the UBS Arena, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. See that? A lot of growth. A lot of progress. Big announcement. I got it. First concert, the weekend. Yes. And it is the weekend. So what's... uh... Wow. How about that, huh? Look how it all ties together. symmetry? So, yeah. (laughs) Forgive us, but this is the best we got this week. UBS Arena. But look, we're all psyched about it. We're all... We all can't wait to get in there. Barzal was super psyched. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, he got in a call about it, right? Well, he was... uh, It was during the media availability. It was... It was... um... Wednesday, I guess, was that announcement, right? Some Thursday, last a couple days ago. The third, yeah, yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday. So uh, Peter Schwartz from New York Sports Day, uh, I think that's the website you writes for New York Sports Day. Hope so I hope so. <laughs> um, Peter Schwartz from New York Sports Day had actually asked him about it after the announcement. Ah. Um, he was very excited, so I think he's looking forward to it as well, and he's going to try and get his hands on some tickets if the Islanders are off that day that the weekend is in town. Ah, okay. So he's he's amped about it. Yeah, weekend's pretty popular. I love that that uh, that eighties retro song he's got going on. I'm not too familiar with his stuff. Well, he's performing at the Super Bowl this week, and I hope you do know that, right? I I can honestly tell you, I did not know that. I can honestly say I did not know he was performing at the Super Bowl. Is this is this shtick right now? Or are you being serious I, with me? I I literally just said twice. I can honestly tell you, I did not know that. It's not shtick. That's how much I care about football and other sports. And I kid you not, I had no idea. It took. I only found out. I only, only found out yesterday. It was the Super Bowl. A, yeah, dude, it's not that far <laughs> off, honestly. Honestly, Good but Lord. Good it, Lord. it was only a couple of days ago that I knew that the Chiefs and the Bucks were in the Super oh Bowl. Be- and you, you know how I found out? Because I was offered to get into like a prop bet pool. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah. so I'm looking at the sheet and I, you know, whoever made it did a very good job and so they oh, have I thought you were gonna, it's the way you were looking at me like they did a terrible no job. great job oh, okay. but they had tom brady on there and um quarterback of kansas city patrick mahomes that guy so i was like oh look look who's playing so yeah i have no idea uh you know obviously <laughs> this is this is an odd year for it but yeah if i go to a super bowl gathering it's it's just for the social it's for the social aspect i don't care what happens in well, that game you're not alone one of our our viewers on twitch just said uh the weekend could be sitting next to me on the couch, and I wouldn't recognize him. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, he's performing the Super Bowl, so good for him. Yes. So obviously, uh, it, is one of the if, biggest. If you're playing in the, world, the Super Bowl, whatever, you, you obviously made it. So good for him. I like that that uh, that new tune. Like I said, it, is it even new anymore? I don't know. But that eighties style. Right? It's a very good tune. It reminds me of um, not only the eighties, but like Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Well, you were probably like five. When oh no, Vice City out. was great. That yeah. was the one that was set in Miami. Or in the what, 80s. Whatever, yeah. whatever yeah, A little, little video game talk here on Twitch. So, <sighs> <laughs> so the weekend, yeah, he's, 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 uh, he's, he's going to be performing at UBS Arena. So good for UBS Arena. Good for fans of, of that artist. And uh, there you go. Here are the weekend. And obviously, <laughs> UBS Arena. <laughs> the, weekend, the weekend announcement obviously also raises questions, of course, because you can't have any sort of Long Island venue open without speculating when or if Billy Joel will perform at, the, at that specific venue. I'm so glad that it wasn't the announcement. Now, this is nothing against Billy Joel at all. I have tremendous respect for him. The mu- I, like, I like a lot of his music and all that. But 
I mean, the Islanders and Billy Joel have just been like, how many years? Like, he's always the guy who opens the arena or closes yeah, the but arena. I mean, he's, he's, like, at, he's showing up at the uh, the arena announcement. I get it. It makes sense. But, like, for me, I was like, oh, not Billy Joel. Cool. Somebody else. Awesome. And they, But they also, uh, the Islanders or UBS Arena went out of the way to say, this will not be the first yes, concert yes, they did. at UBS. It's just going to be a concert. It's just the first announced Yeah. Although concert. I think some outlets ran with, uh, this is the first concert. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not. A little bit of a miscommunication there. Okay. But certainly, uh, it was an exciting announcement. It definitely raises the question, when will Billy Joel announce that he's playing the first concert at UBS? Because <laughs> right. we all know that's we what's going to happen. Gonna happen. <laughs> because... Billy Joel plays everything. He's like he's it's like Bruce Springsteen or Bon he's, Jovi in New Jersey. He's Mr. Long Island. Um, yeah, I mean it's nothing wrong with it. I you know I love Billy Joel. Sure. He's great. Yeah, but Why he's not? always performing he's everywhere. A piano man. You know he performs on the street in Huntington. He performs at the UBS Arena. He closes Nassau Coliseum. Sure. He opens Nassau Coliseum. Sure. He's everywhere. Well, look, the, the most important thing is is the Blue Line Deli and Bagels half price hero. The poke check. Like I said, get it half off starting tomorrow. Roast beef, turkey, ham, Swiss, American, lettuce, tomato, mayo on a hero. Sounds delicious. Haven't had one yet myself. But if if that place has one reputation, it's for having delightful food. Fantastic. So get over there and check out the menu. And now we're going to pop back to the main screen. Once I find, there's the button. So here we are. That's it for the hero of the week. And then the train rolls on here. So you want to take some questions here, Chris? You want to scroll through the uh, scroll through the chat and take some questions? By the way, I just want to point out the Bridgeport Sound Tigers opened their season today as well. They did not win. <laughs> <laughs> what was the tally on that? Four one, one a four Ugh. one defeat. Mm. I feel like we're gonna hear a lot more of that, which which will be <laughs> depressing because they're only playing two teams, right? Yes, they're playing the Hartford Imagine Wolfpack just losing the to the Providence same two teams for Bruins. 50 games or however many they 24 play. 24 games. 12 oh, apiece. Thank, oh, thank God it's only 24. That's yeah. right. You, we, you mentioned that on the show previously. It is pretty ridiculous, but it is very funny. Uh, hey, look, it's, it's difficult times right now. They don't have the budget that the NHL teams have. And I, I would say we're lucky enough... That well, we're getting they were also, NHL hockey. They, they were also impacted by a number of teams dropping out of their dropping out and not playing. And did you see field. what happened in the NWHL? Yeah, uh, another that unfortunate sucks. circumstance. That sucks. Um, and and there was a lot of there was some positive moment. There was a lot of a lot of chaos too with the NWHL that had been going on. Really, between, chaos between well the barstool situation that had developed over the course of the you know couple of days there. Then you obviously had a few teams drop out because of COVID issues, and then obviously the unfortunate circumstance that ended the playoffs altogether for them and canceled the rest of the uh, the tournament they were playing up there in uh what is it lake placid lake placid yes yeah. that's correct so i i mean it was great to see that they were getting some exposure national exposure on nbcsn uh which will be going away apparently soon as well yeah next year, that's some so. other big news where where's hockey gonna end up where's the national broadcast gonna go well i think it's an interesting question part of it is that We're all over the place here. We'll move move the NHL broadcast if the NHL stays with them. Their contract with NBC is up Mm -hmm. uh, after this year. They'd move them to USA and obviously run some national games. Oh, that's right, USA. I forgot about that. On the main Peacock network. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure they've been hammering home such a strong push for their digital platform. I feel like USA is is the station where all bad television shows go. Well, I, I, I don't just, know if I've ever watched a series on USA. I just know it's the station you go if you want to watch Law & Order reruns. Law & Order SVU <laughs> reruns on a, on a pretty consistent Yeah, basis. I think it's just reruns and just sh- 
shows that nobody's heard of. I hope I'm not offending anybody. He's like, my favorite show is on USA, but sorry. I can't think of too many shows. Yeah, on I can't USA. either. But so yeah. the other the burn other, notice, the other thought, <laughs> uh, like burn that. notice wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I don't <laughs> okay. know why you're, you're crapping all over burn notice. But, right. but the other thing is, there's been a lot of talk of the NHL expanding, going to a couple different networks. Ah, okay. Similar to what? Maybe get Espen back in the fold. Yeah, similar okay. to what every other. Logical I want, thinking to, I want John Bucci-Gras covering hockey again. I used to love watching NHL Tonight back when you were a fetus. I mean, it just it just makes sense to have these different networks involved. Like, you look at what the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, all of these leagues have figured out. Oh, we can get more money if we put our product the the game. on different channels. The yeah. NHL, for whatever reason, I will never forget this, by the way. This okay. is an aside. I was sitting next to a, a fellow reporter in the press box at Madison Square Garden. He was doing an interview with Gary Bettman. It was had to have been right before the outdoor games at Yankee Stadium, I want to say. Okay. Um, and he was asking this particular reporter, um, I, I think it was Dennis Gorman, who was then writing for uh, Metro Metro New York newspapers. Okay. Um Ask Gary about that that exact topic about wouldn't it behoove the NHL to be on multiple networks? And sure. I will never forget this. Gary Bettman goes. He says we are on multiple networks. He says we're on. I, I forget if it was NBCSN at that point or NBC Sports. He said we're on NBC and we're on NBCSN. <laughs> and he, That's but Gary. It was, but it was that Gary thing. That's like Gary. he's saying it, but there's no way he believes it. But right. but now you but have he's, to. He's been notorious. You for have that. to imagine that the NHL is is wising up. They look at what every other logical thinking, uh, profitable sports league has done in this country. I feel like the tone when they were looking when they were out of their previous contract, which I guess was with ESPN and whatnot, right way back, and yeah. and then when they ended up with with NBC, it was almost kind of like they were kind of in a desperate situation, just like. Happy to get NBC because yeah. remember they they were on OLN they were on Outdoor well, Life Network that was then it became versus right. and then that became essentially but that was uh, always NBC owned, Sports I, from my recollection that was always owned by NBC okay fair it was always an NBC program network but like I mean think about that but they, yeah the program was terrible versus was OLN versus was, embarrassing, was better versus was better and then right. you had an, an actual network right so I hope that they're just not in the same position where again like it just seemed like they were just desperate to end up anywhere at that point back then hopefully they've they've built up more of a you know more cloud or whatever with with the networks out there so that they can end up on a network that doesn't sound ridiculous well fox is fox reportedly is interested in getting back in and covering hockey espn is is interested in being in the conversation so okay. that's a positive sign for the league and uh, going forward and, and getting its product out there in the world a little bit. So that, that's a good sign. But we do have some questions now, Let's Sean. do it. We've, we've bantered enough. We've we have enough. bantered quite a bit. We've filibustered, if you will. <laughs> nice job, um, buddy. Nice job. So let's go to our first question here from Mr. VH27. Okay. I believe that's how you say his username. He asked us, what will it take for the NHL to change the point system? How are some games worth two points while others are three, especially frustrating this season? They seem pretty stubborn about the, <laughs> yeah, the we're current just, point system. Just talking about how the NHL does things and then yeah. they do other things where you're scratching your head. This is one of those this things has where you're come scratching up your head. And you've had there's been a lot of talk about this over the years. You've even had like, you know, some of the, the I guess the bigger names out there, like LeBron, I think he he did a whole piece on it a while back on on how he would he would change things with the point system and I I think there's definitely some merit to that. I don't think the current situation is perfect and i am very anti-shootout like i am ready to i've been ready to get rid of the shootout now i know that they want wins and losses and i know that they want entertainment we're just talking about how they're going to get their ticket right onto another network it's all about parody 
It's about parody, but it's also about entertainment and, and, and the casual fan. Look, for the diehard, I, I think a lot of people would be on board with me. Like, they don't want shootouts. It's not hockey. Yeah. It's not hockey. And then, then you can go even further and say, is three on three or four on four even hockey? It's, it's more hockey than a shootout. Right. You know? So they, there's been a lot of concessions made by the league mm-hmm. to, to get this parody because you're right. That's a big part of it, too. As much as, as, much as fans like Mr. KV, I'm sorry from Mr. VH27, VH you know, has to say about you know, hating the point system, the league loves it. They love the fact, and the teams do, too. That they all get bunched together from the beginning of the season yeah. almost through the end. Because long gone are the days where you knew at least 75% of the teams that were making the playoffs before the puck even right. dropped. And, and then when the puck dropped 5 to 10 games in, 80% you knew who was going to be in the playoffs. Because you just had the better teams would just rise to the top. And those, those lesser teams were quick to fall to the bottom because they didn't have those loser points. They weren't hanging on for, for the, the overtime loss. They weren't hanging on for the shootout. Where, where they could scrap out a win, you wouldn't expect, right? I mean, imagine the Ottawa Senators, right? They're, they're considered one of the worst teams right. in the league. And them just hanging on to get to overtime, to get through overtime. And then they, they end up getting a win against the Colorado Avalanche because they, they get more goals out of three than, than the Avalanche do. They didn't earn that on the ice. It's they, it was a you know it was a skills competition, right? And and but that's what helps keep these teams more bunched together, and that's what gets these teams getting more more money at the gate, more tickets later into the season when you start hitting January, February, March, because they still think their team has a shot. Whether whether or not they ultimately make it or not, if there's if they're still looking at the standings, and Islander fans can attest to this, you know, early two, 2010s and whatnot, there, mm-hmm. there's been some you know pretty bad years and not not too dis, distant history here, where you know you're still convincing yourself that they got a shot, even though they have ten less regulation wins, <laughs> you can, they're only five points out of a spot, and there's thirty games left in the season. If they just string together some wins, they can get back in. So you're still going to the arena because you're going in with that hope, and they want that. So I don't see this point situation changing. Ever. <laughs> well said, Sean. Honestly. Well said. Very, very articulate point there. Thank you. Let's move on to our next question from our user by the name of Anti Threats. Does Sorokin play a game in the AHL this season? Over under Schneider, that's Corey Schneider, uh, starts three games this year. He, he wrote season. I changed it. I don't, I don't want to use season twice in two sentences back to back. <laughs> what <laughs> a writer you it's are. It's the writer thing in me. Yeah. 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 Don't take any offense to it. Yeah, no, no. That's me being weird and yeah. neurotic. Well, you are weird and neurotic. So, <laughs> <laughs> let's see. I do not think that Sorokin plays a game in the AHL. And I think the only way that happens if his game just tanks and Lou is like, listen, you need some time down there. I don't think that happens. I think he's going to be up at the club all season barring any injuries. As far as Schneider goes... Three games? Yeah. I think that... No, com- he says over-under. Over-under three games. Over-under? I'm going... Starting or just being on the bench? He said over-under starts three Starting? Games. I'm going to go with the under. Yeah, zero. My <laughs> under would be zero. Yeah. I'm, I'm taking I, the under. I think zero. the only way he starts is, is if somebody's hurt. Is if Varley or Soro right. can get hurt and there's a back-to-back situation or something like that, or just one of them have a bad game? Well, if I don't think Schneider's going to start. If it's Varlamov that gets hurt, then I think, and then I think my over/under three is kind certainly of increases out. his chances. It increases. I yeah. think you see him more, but I think yeah. that's the only way you see that yeah. that come to fruition. Even even you look at when you know Varlamov did kind of get hurt and he wasn't able to back up um, Sorokin, uh, Sorokin a couple times. That it was Corey Schneider out there. So it's, it's a 
it's an option, I guess you could say. It's there, but I, I, it's only happening. <laughs> it's an option. It's only happening, really, if, if, if it comes down to dire circumstances. By the way, Mr. VH27 uh, said he's going to work on his username his for His username him. is fine. It's just you. You're, you're illiterate. No. I said his username correctly. <laughs> no, it was your fault. No, no. You, said, you were like, was it Mr. <laughs> Mr. PH or Mr. Whatever, okay. All right. You well, we, apo- we apologize. Yeah. We apologize. Sean apologizes for messing up your name. But, sure. but to the question, though, yeah. I, I agree. I don't. Sorokin's not going to the AHL. I, I can't imagine at this point. No. Uh, Did you say KHL? No, I said AHL. Oh, sorry. Old ears. AHL. Go on. And he's not Proceed. going to the KHL. If I, definitely not going there. He better not go there. But I don't, I don't see him going to the AHL this season because he's going to get reps at the NHL level, and this is where he, he wants to be. This is where the Islanders want him. And yeah. he's been getting better. I, I You know, I think people look at the way he plays, and you, you'll see – that first game was ugly. You'll never <laughs> never see another performance like that, but that last start that he got in Philadelphia, he played very well enough to give the Islanders a chance to win, yes. and it, it was the team in front of him that didn't give him the chance to win. Though I am glad this came up because I did want to mention this at some point. I do think the scouting report on Sorokin is shoot high. Oh, 100%. And what's interesting— And get him to move. Force well, him that's to any that, goalie, but yeah. No, but, he, but you can tell he's still a little uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. On certain he's gotten points. better. He's, he's, gotten he's now made those saves that he didn't. He's in, gotten a in, lot better. You're game. right, but you're you're right there. But because he's, he's letting up a lot over his shoulders, and the funny thing about that was, well, because he's still playing is, pretty deep in his net. Well, this is the thing. I noticed that, and I was like, let me see how tall this guy is, because I was like, wow. I I actually said to myself, I was like, oh man, they're really taking advantage of the fact that this guy's short. Like I'm thinking, I'm gonna look, and he's like five nine, you know, five ten, and I went and looked, and he's six two, six three. So to your point. The guy's playing deep into his net, and it, and it turns out that uh, that Arthur Staple actually noted on this too was that you know he, they're 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 putting goals in up you know high on this guy yeah and and again I I was I was kind of floored I was like wow he must be a really short dude and he's not he's just he plays small and I think that's something that Mitch Korn and Piero Greco are probably going to be working on yeah I mean with him to play bigger in the net you as see, Staple also pointed out in his in his piece you see him at practice a lot and there there's a lot of one on one work still going on with him and some of the goaltending coaches of the practice that I've been able to get down to it at the very least but um and and something that anti threat did note. Uh, in just now in the chat, that yeah. his angles are off, and that's certainly true too. A lot of his angles, not a lot, but some of his angles have been off mm. when he's been in the net as well. We do have another question. What else you got uh, from T underscore Boyle thirteen? That's T underscore Boyle thirteen. I don't know. Why I repeat it like it's a phone number we're giving out, but uh, <laughs> he's, he's asking us. Love it. That uh, if we see the NHL pausing. Uh, I don't think he really finished his thought. He just said pausing. Do we the see the NHL table. pausing? Yeah. Do we see the NHL pausing? I mean, pausing the season. If yeah. it gets out of hand, I mean, what other uh, choice are they going to have? But I don't th- look. I don't think they're going. Oh, look, you look at what they did with with Jersey, right? And having them play that game that they probably shouldn't have played. I don't think their mindset is in pause mode. But hopefully, that kind of woke them up and said, "All right, we got to handle these this this a little bit better." I, I hope we don't see the NHL. None of us pause. want to see it pause. I, but I don't. I'm not. Com- I don't. I'm not confident to say for sure that the NHL won't have to pause because things have gotten out of hand. They clearly have shown that while they're trying, I, I don't want to say, say that they're Christian, not trying. But I am very surprised at the number of cases that we're seeing. I'm. I'm not. I am, and I'm not. I am, and I'm not. I. I, I am because it's it seen, and, and this is purely from an Islander perspective that everyone was so conscientious of what's going on and the need to follow these protocols. 
at the same time, well, yes, we we said as much. We said that once now that they're out of the bubble situation, it's going to be much more difficult. Right, but I mean, as a team, I mean, we're so mm-hmm. singular, singularly focused on the Islanders. We yeah. kind of get what kind of gets lost is there are there thir- there are thirty other teams when they're not playing the Islanders, and that's that a lot of human beings. That. Yes, and you saw yeah. you saw it with Washington and, and Ovechkin and some of the other players. They are going and having a COVID party. The COVID. Boys. Oh, you're okay with that now. Well, because it's it's I was not I wasn't oh, not okay, okay with it because of anything. Honestly, could be. you you don't get to to censor anything on the no, show no, 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 after no, no. calling Brian Compton a trash person on the air a couple of weeks ago. You don't get to censor anything else in this show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Brian, we're still sorry. Uh, one of us is sorry. <laughs> Bastard. I got to double triple down if I have. That's the way right. you're doing. So go but ahead. What I was saying, <laughs> you had these these guys doing yeah. you know hanging out in the locker room, breaking the protocols basically. Um. And then I think you had Ovechkin's girlfriend or wife go on. Uh, yeah, she had some things to say. And had some things to say. Yeah. Which, I mean, you know. That's, sure. That's hey, all right. Defend you your know, man. More power to her. But yeah. it, not a great look if you're Ovechkin. <laughs> right. But but that's the point. You have other teams that are have to follow these protocols too. And, and as Scott Mayfield has said on a number of times before the season started, and, and very articulately I should add, that you mm. can't control. You don't know what these other guys are doing. You don't know what these other teams are doing when they're yeah. when you're walking into their ring. So yeah. the onus is on the teams to be responsible and, and literally the, everyone involved. Islanders are, I, I'd say, have been doing a, a fantastic job of doing that. They've been very well, except for Josh Bailey when he went out to that club. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's obviously not the story that I happened. made that up. That's not true. Josh Bailey's or did he? Josh Bailey's yeah. son's teacher. Tested positive, and then there was concern that Josh Bailey's son. He went to the club. Josh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> he went club. you can make that joke, but what club on Long Island is open? If, if you know, let us know, because I'll be <laughs> shocked. Um, and we do have another question from Mr. VH27. He says, uh, one more question. How much longer do we have to wait for Tony to be able to cameo on Twitch? We're working on that. Yeah. We're working on yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. We'll make that happen. We can, that's certainly in the yeah. works. Yeah, well, I think Tony's actually got a, a, a new podcast himself. I think he's uh, he's branching off into the the um, entertainment world, the comic book and movie. Oh, world. that's Tony. I, think I saw Tony's something. Alley. So I don't know if he's going to have time for us, folks. But you know, we'll try to get him back on. Sure, absolutely. We'll we'll find out how it feels to be Tony Stabile. Yeah, it's certainly and certainly right now, it's, it'd be interesting to get a pulse of what the Islanders fan base is feeling. Because absolutely. Well, I mean, we get a, a, a we're little, literally getting it right now. We get a little pulse through the Twitch. We get a little pulse through the Twitter. Sure. Which is uh, what else? What else you got? There's probably some you could scroll up to too. That came early on. We'll talk, and I'll, I'll look here. No problem. So <laughs> there's not going to be a pause. Um, the NHL might be moving to another network. There's a lot of there's a lot of positive comments for Molly. Just just unrelated. She though. did a great job. Yeah, she did a great job. Joey Pickles was a big fan. Joey Pickles, sure, sure. He, I, I actually think he had a question up at the top of the show, if I remember. I know he came in early, so maybe you can find a Joey question from P- him. With all or, the oh, here this this one you. with all the pauses due to COVID. How will they make up all the games? I fear the pause will continue throughout the season. The pauses will continue after the season. I'm, I'm 100% with Joey. Their pauses will continue throughout the season. There's no question. And I think yeah. that's the way the schedule makers built this right. year's schedule. Well, I'm mentioning Pierre Lebrun's name again. A lot of, a lot of plugs for the athletic. Well, I mean, they do great work, Christian. Arthur Staple, Pierre Lebron. They do good work, Christian. I mean, Charlie, it's something to, ex- to aspire to. No, no, I'm not saying it's, it's a good... <laughs> I'm not saying, saying it big. I'm just saying we're giving them a lot of free advertising. I mean, look, this is what I happen to see, So, and, and it's relevant to what we're talking about. So anyway, Pierre Lebron had pointed out on Twitter today that, hey, 
pay attention to the points percentage, kind of like how, how the season ended last right. year, because there's a very good chance, folks, That's that not everybody's going to play 56 games. Right. Because If this keeps happening, because they're only going to delay and postpone these games so long, they're probably going to, excuse me, hit a threshold where they're like, listen, we can't make up any more of these games. We need the playoffs to start now. What, I'm sure they already have in the back of their minds what that cutoff is. Are you interrupting me? Yes, because Joey Pickles made that exact point after he asked, asked that question. So he answered his own question. He kind of answered his own question. He says, <laughs> he, says, he says, I think they may be they may be using win percentage to determine playoffs again. There you go. So Yeah, if if they hit that you know threshold that we don't know about. Maybe we but should I'm have sure Joey have. do the show. He's clearly ahead of us on everything. He might do a better job than you. Most people do a better job than me. Thank, thank you, finally. So <laughs> oh, I just broke character. I'm sorry. Hold on. Let's do that again. <laughs> no, Sean, I'm the best. No one else does more it, like it better than me. That sounds more like it. Okay. Yeah, they they probably again they sorry, probably have a, a moment date. of weakness. Yeah, well, not not surprising. So <laughs> so anyway, they have a magical date. They have a magical date, Christian. That I'm sure that if it gets to that date and they haven't made up the games, they're going to say, "Listen, points percentage. Sorry, sorry." Pittsburgh, you've only played 12 games. <laughs> Points percentage. Sorry, we're going to have to weigh that, you know? Right. Uh, hopefully, imagine if there was just that one team that ends up having to postpone. They only end up playing like 30 games and everybody else plays like 50. I mean, that would be that would be devastating. I don't know. I, I think it, it just, wouldn't be Just say, fair. sorry, you can't make it. it sorry, you're out. But what if they have a winning record? And they, I mean, I feel like that's just, I mean, we'll, they cross that bridge when they get to it. I I'm kind sure, of, but. like, obviously I hope that doesn't happen, but I kind of hope that happens. Okay. I would be curious to see. <laughs> For the chaos. I would be you know? curious to see if that if, if that occurs. How do they figure that out? Because you can't do yeah. winning percentage because that number's all skewed. You can't do record because that's yeah. still skewed. Right. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, if, if there's like a... Point difference? Like a, a five-game difference between teams, okay, point percentage. But once you start talking about seven, ten... You know, I don't think it's going to get that high. But, like, yeah, but but look, they we would think that they have hired very smart people to think about all these things and put contingency plans into place. Right. And I imagine that they will sort it out. Yes. I mean, that like, as, as some people were kind of noting earlier in the show in the chat. Yeah. I, the Islanders do have a couple. I think it was Anti-Threat who, who noted the Isles have two four-day breaks in March, so there's there's the opportunity to make those games up. Kind of like snow up. days. Yes. You know? Just days like, off down the road. We wouldn't know what snow days are anymore. We Kids don't get those. Is that? Oh, right, because they just do homeschool. Yeah, it's, now. Vir- it's all virtual learning. That's a shame. That's a shame. We used to live for snow days, man. Yeah. Oh, well. Oh, well. It sucks <laughs> for them. Sorry, but you're right. But th- that's a great, a great analogy, Sean. I'm complimenting you a lot. I'm really breaking character. Today. See, see, see. It was only a matter of time. Maybe I just missed you from last show. Wow! Oh, wow! Now we're really getting crazy. I, I think I'm, I might be blushing a little bit. Oh my goodness! No, I'm not. So, <laughs> so uh, you got any more there? Scrolling, a little, scrolling through. Uh, Joey Pickles did ask a follow up: expanded playoff field? Question mark. Uh, if all goes this according to plan A or B, I would say no. I would say they want just four teams out of each division. Well, there are some teams that would like that again. Of course. There are, there are a few teams that of would course. like that again. Of course. It's all about the monies, baby. Yes, but uh, it, in fairness, though, Bettman, Commissioner Gary Bettman didn't seem too keen on continuing that trend after that last year. No, they said it was a one-and-done thing. Yeah. But, you know, if, but if there's enough pushback from the owners... If they got to get creative due to some unforeseen circumstances, they will. Again, contingency plans. I'm sure they're there. But, no, I don't think there's going to be an expanded playoff unless shite just really hits the fan. What yes. else you got? No, no, I think that's a, that's a fair, I think that's a fair um, analysis of the situation in that, in that regard. Thank but you. 
that being said, yeah. there's always an opportunity. Like, like I was saying, there's a few owners, there's a few coaches, there's a few GMs that like the expanded playoff field, and there certainly was a lot of momentum for that. Garth Snow wanted an expanded playoff field back in the day, if you remember. Garth, he was lobbying for it. Him and Charles Wong were lobbying for it. Garth that. Snow wanted a three-headed goalie rotation. So, I mean, take those suggestions as you will. Okay, fair um, enough. But as far as our questions go, that's just about it. That's just about it? Yes. Okay. Well, we want to thank you all for the live Q&A. We hope you guys enjoyed it. And I think oh, the only thing we didn't do was look ahead. So we could just look. They have. Oh, we, we looked ahead with Molly. and Yeah, a little bit. I'm saying the week. They got, they got tomorrow against the Pens. They got the Rangers Monday. Then they got the Pens again on Thursday. And then they got Boston next Saturday. And three out of four of those games are at home. The one road game is at the Garden right. Monday. Which so, is really not a road game, especially in this, this circumstance. Right. They can hop on the bus. Yes. They can hop on the bus yes. or the train. No, no, they take the bus. They, They'll hop they, on the bus. They take the bus. So, uh, yeah, I guess, I guess that's pretty much there's it. There's not a Long Island Railroad car showing up to Penn Station with the Islanders in it. What's that? I said there's not a Long Island Railroad car, like a car on a Long Island Railroad train with the Islanders in it just popping off at Penn Station. Like Why not? Why not? Let's make that happen. They'll take the bus. Okay. Although the they bus. did obviously they, they did famously do that at uh, uh, to open up the training camp a couple of years ago at Barclays Center. I don't know if you remember that. They had piled everyone, the media, the team, mm-hmm. uh, coaching staff, everyone. This is when they were moving into Barclays Center. I want to say it was 2014. It was right after the year they went off, went to the playoffs for the first time in seven years, in 2013, the lockout shortened season. So it was after that. Right. They piled everyone yes. onto train cars and, yes. and many uh, – was it Mineola? It was Garden City train station. Okay. Took the train. Okay. And with the team, they were trying to show off how easy it was to get to Barclays Center. And as I'm sure <laughs> many Islander fans know, it's very easy to get to Barclays Center. But and the sidelines, man, just have to transfer. Is. And yeah, that's such a fascinating point in history with it, this team. Among, this, among look, many. Uh, again, Nick Hershon calling you out here. I mean, that book, that book story is just waiting to be written. I mean, yeah. the whole the whole saga between are they going to play at the Coliseum, playing at Barclays, and then the again I, I've said it, I believe I said it here with you on the show. I know I said it with Tony on the show previously. The fact that they even landed at UBS Arena is just like one in a million. Like like that's Doctor Strange, Avengers Endgame, saying the one in fourteen million chance of it happening. Like this is the one. This is the one chance of victory where they actually ended up with a brand new arena on Long Island because. The, all the dominoes that had to fall for that to happen is just absolutely insane. Between the the lighthouse back and forth, right? I mean, and, there's a whole we could literally do three straight shows on the oh, entire yeah. drama of the but, of the Nassau Coliseum Islanders hunt for a new <clears throat> arena. No, that book needs to be yeah. written, and I think Hershon actually did a book on the Coliseum. That was he did that before. Oh, it, was the, it was a picture. It was not a picture book in the like a kids picture book, but it was uh, Images of America book. That kind there of you go. The history of, of yeah. the arena, so and it did include go. it did include at the time that there was still I think there was still hope for the lighthouse project, so it did include that at the end. Yeah, which is, uh, and then the whole the whole um, the refurbishing they were trying to do. Remember that they were trying to redo the arena. That felt oh, the vote. Remember the vote back was, in two thousand eleven. The referendum. The referendum. Yeah, I mean, what a ridiculous saga. It's all over soon. It's all over soon. In eight months, eight months, and we get the weekend too. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> we do have one last minute question. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, T- it's Friday night. T Boyle thirteen threw this at us last minute. We're going on almost two hours now. We're over this the, is a marathon session. Over an hour and a half. And, and again, show. thanks for hanging with us, guys. Really appreciate it. Uh, so uh, T Boyle, I, I I don't know how serious this question is. So well, let's take it with let's hey take, hey, take it's it a with question. that in mind. We'll field it. He goes, if Ovi is available, do the uh, do the Islanders go after him in free agency this summer? Well, I mean. 
we're wondering if they're going to go after anybody. Yeah, well, just they because got, of the a, cap constraints. A massive cap issue here. But assuming Lou can, you know, jump through some hoops, which he's proven he can, in you know teams past that he's been with, and now we saw what happened with Johnny Boychuk. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Johnny Boychuk was planning on retiring this year. I'm not trying to stir up any you know conspiracy theories or anything like that, but he is retired. Oh, or no, he's not no, playing he's not hockey. He's, he's not, not playing, playing hockey. hockey. He's on LTIR. Yeah. So I'm just saying, you know, if if the 5.5 million that Andrew Ladd makes currently finds a way to disappear off of the cap next year, however that may be, then why wouldn't they look at Alexander Ovechkin? He's got experience with Barry Trotz. You know, he likes Barry Trotz. I'm sure he'll be happy to play at a brand new arena. With a brand new practice well, he facility. Did, he do, does love the Nassau Coliseum. That's right. He There's did say one, that. Yeah, he does uh, genuinely, genuinely love Nassau. And if you've been paying attention. So does Yarmir Yager, who also has had a number of big goals at the Nassau Coliseum <laughs> in his career. A lot of Metro Division stars have a lot of goals at the Nassau Coliseum. That's just a fact. <laughs> That's just a fact. Sorry. It's true. I, mean, I know Crosby's numbers are ridiculous, too. Probably Malkin's. You, you see where I'm going with this. No, I understand the point. So back to the question. I mean, why not? If if the cap space is there, I don't know if I don't know if a thirty something Ovechkin is going to be the first target. If they're if they have the ability to have a target, but I mean, you'd you'd be silly not to at least look at it, kick tires, if you will. It's as an, Garth Snow used it, to like to do. It's an interesting, yeah. Right. <laughs> Every year you wait for that kick trade tires. Day. Yeah, yeah. Garth kicked tires on this guy. He kicked <laughs> tires on that guy. He yeah, he deflated tires. each and every one of them. But um, you know, you don't have to cover the mic to laugh. <laughs> You can laugh at that. <laughs> it's true. It's true. No, I was going to sneeze. So oh, 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 okay. Okay. Um, but I totally lost what I was about to say. Because I'm hilarious. That was that was very funny. <laughs> that was very funny. This is, I'm being very nice today. You are. You are. It's, it's, it's a joy to be with you again, Sean. Wow. Nice are you on painkillers or something? <laughs> like, what's going on here? No, I just feel like, I feel like. I, I feel you're like, having fun. No, I'm it's not okay. Having you're having fun. fun. <laughs> you're having fun. It's cool. We were talking about Alex Ovechkin. I'm, I'm wow. Yeah, for tra- <laughs> trying to vamp for figure out what the heck I was trying to say. You're at a total loss. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. We were talking about whether or not they'd go after him in the off season, and you know we said yeah, maybe you, you kick tires. <laughs> we gave a firm maybe. Yeah, you kick tires, deflating the tires, deflate tires, and, and, tires, <laughs> and uh, I think that's what you do. I don't. I don't know. I mean. Ovechkin is still a talented player. Even yeah. what would he be? Thirty. Guy still put up forty goals last year, didn't he? How old would Ovechkin be if he? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Nah, no, he's not thirty-seven. He's, he's early thirties, I think. Early thirties. Okay. Early. So 30s. then I think that's still worth an investment at the very least. I yeah. mean, the guy puts up power play goals. Like, but I think I think I think something the Islanders don't do a lot. I of. think he's lower on the list, maybe. You know. But who knows? Lou and Lou and Barry like the veterans, so you never know. I, who's going to turn down? Thirty-five. I was off by two years. Okay. All right, a little older than I thought, but eventually he's gonna he's gonna. How old are you? <laughs> you know how old I am. I actually don't. I forget. I'm older than him. I'm older than Alexander Ovechkin. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> so like fifty? Yeah, give give or take twelve years. But yeah, yeah. All right, but but yeah. So I don't know if that's the first player they're going after. I also don't know how realistic of an option that would be at the end of the day, considering yeah. the circumstances. And they, they have a lot more to worry about Oh yeah, that's before <laughs> before then, <laughs> yeah. you know? A lot can happen between now and then. There's still a trade deadline between now and then. There's still, there's a lot. Yeah. 
But that I think that does it for the questions. Yeah, that's about it for our questions. We appreciate everyone who sent us them yeah. tonight in the chat, especially being a Friday. There's yes. so many other things you could be doing on a Friday night, so we appreciate everyone who sure. had fun with us in could the chat. Could watch WandaVision. Watched or, or watched us. Well, you can still watch WandaVision. You still can. It's, it's streaming. That's, yeah. that's the beauty of streaming. You can watch it whenever you want. Just, Just like, like us. There you go, buddy. Wow, look at that. Just like Hockey Night in New York. Anytime. 24-7, 365. Always available. <laughs> <laughs> Good right. God. Good God. All right. All right. Let's wrap it up here. Cue the music. There it is. So, folks, want to send a big thanks out to Molly Walker of the New York Post for joining us. Great spot from her. Can't wait to have her on again. Huge thanks to our sponsors, Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington. Head on over for great food, fantastic service, even better people. Check out the menu at bluelinedeli.com for great selections and hockey-themed heroes. And don't forget, the poke check will be half price from now through next Sunday. A huge thanks to Thai Technology, a voiceover IP company, providing phone services for businesses across the country. Check them out at TyTechnology.com for all your telecom needs or give them a call at 516-856-7800 and get three free months of service. Give them a call. And, of course, once again, a big thanks to you guys for hanging out with us live. And who's hanging out with us? Not live. Twitch.tv slash Hockey Night in Hockey Night NY. And your favorite podcast providers and HockeyNightNY.com. We're all over the place. You can find us wherever you want. And, of course, if you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe. Tell your friends all about us. Tell your friends to follow us on Twitch so they get notified and they never miss a live show here. Remember to follow us on social media at HockeyNightNY. Follow Christian at C underscore Arnold 01. Follow myself at Shawnee Hockey. Follow the show at HockeyNightNY on all social media platforms. For Christian Arnold, my name is Sean Cuthbert. Enjoy the Islander game tomorrow. Enjoy the Super Bowl Sunday. And we'll be back at our regularly scheduled time next Sunday. Have a great rest of your weekend. Take care, everybody.